With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Holly. And I'm Bridget. And this is Girls Next Level. Welcome back to Girls Next Level, everybody. So we are recording this one remotely, which we don't usually do, but I've had a crazy family emergency day, which I'll talk about later once it's in my rearview mirror. Luckily, everybody's okay, but we are struggling to get this episode in on time. So here we are. Yeah. Before we even get into this episode, do you care if we rewind a little bit? There was a couple of things that I was thinking about from the last episode that I kind of wanted to add. Oh, please do. So something that you said, like, has been on my mind, like, it really stuck with me after you said it, like, when you said it in the moment, I was like, Oh, yeah, okay, whatever. But then, like, I've been thinking about it ever since. And um, you, we were talking about how we critique ourselves so harshly and everything because, mm-hmm. and then you said, Yeah, well, we did that because we know other people were going to do it. And so we wanted to, like, beat them to the punch and be like, Oh, yeah, I know I had cellulite there. Or I know my stomach was sticking out. Like, so before you judge me, I already know. And I've yeah. been thinking about that ever since. And it's so true. And I feel like I still do it to this day. Yeah. It's like you have to catch what they're going to say first or else somebody's going to hop on something somewhere and be like, those conceited fucking bitches. Well, actually, they're so ugly. So I feel like if I see something I don't like about the way I look, I need to point it out. Right. It's crazy. It is crazy. And then another thing I was thinking about, well, it was happening when I was watching this episode, but then I was thinking about the last episode too. And we've we've talked about before how Kendra had like, eras of people that she was like friends with so like uh, at the the beginning, it was destiny. But Mm -hmm. now we're in the Monica era. Yeah, she's not in this episode we're going to talk about, but you're right. This is the Monica era. That's what made me think about it because she's not in this episode and we'll get to it. But I thought it was Uh a little bit weird that nobody came with us to San Diego. Like nobody as far as um, a playmate or one of uh, whoever Kendra was like BFFs with at the time. And I was thinking about it. And that's why I was thinking like, who was it at this time? I was like, oh, it was Monica, of course. Yeah. And there must have been no one in town because – when we went to San Diego, it was only like a few days after Kara Monaco's um, Playmate of the Year thing. Yeah. And I wonder, was it because everybody had vacated the mansion? Like maybe were all the Playmates off working? Or did Kevin maybe want to keep it intimate? Do you think maybe he requested? Because as you'll see is in the episode, like Patty's apartment is pretty small. And granted, like Colin, her brother brings over a ton of people. So it gets really crowded. But maybe Kevin was like no other people for this one. Do you think that's a possibility at all? Possibly. Or maybe it's because once we get there, Kendra has all of her old friends there, like, or Mm -hmm. not all of them, but like three close older friends. Not older as an age, but I mean like older from yeah. her his- history. Yeah, I just uh, – I thought that was really interesting because I felt like they always wanted her to have a sidekick. And I feel like in this episode you get to see like Kendra and I kind of hanging out a little bit. Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't have gotten to see that if if somebody had come along. 
Yeah. And I think it's a nicer balance too, because usually like Hef and I are attached at the hip. And then if you and Kendra have each other to bounce off of, like it's a better balance. And sometimes when there's one other person, it kind of throws things off and things get a little weird and somebody ends up feeling left out, you know? Right. It's like when people say a foursome is better than a threesome, you know? Yeah. Because there's like a person that doesn't know like whose dick am I sucking, so to speak. Um, But before we move on to this episode, I'm just going to give a shameless plug right now because we did a Q&A last week or was it two weeks ago now? I'm not even sure. But we It'll did be two a, weeks ago, yeah. By the time this airs, it'll be two uh-huh. weeks, yeah. So we did this amazing Q&A and like I was telling Holly, I don't know, I think we should save it for our episode because I literally thought it was that good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm just, um, I'm just doing a shameless plug for our Patreon because I really felt like the Q&A was so good. Yeah, and we're getting to a point, and we're getting to a point where you guys are sending us really great questions again. Like, I think another one of the upcoming slumber parties should be a Q and A because I started collecting them off of Instagram, and we've been getting some good questions. But I also want to plug the slumber party coming up on Thursday is going to be some good tea too because there were some Instagram stories we needed to respond to. Mm. (laughs) Check it out. Oh, one other thing, and I can't remember if we talked about this on the episode or if we talked about this um, on our Patreon, but do you remember when I was I was talking about how I always thought that like after we left the mansion or the way that Hef treated his ex-girlfriends when they came was like, he was so happy to see them and it was like scoot over everybody else, like Brandy's yeah. here or Tina's here or whoever it was, mm-hmm. you know, it could have been anybody. And um, I always thought that like, someday that would be us too kind of thing yeah. or maybe not you but because like, I thought you were going to be there but like that would be me or that would be Kendra or whatever and I was thinking about that um after the fact and I, w- I was thinking there it was like that for me for a little while like I uh-huh. specifically remember um I was off shooting Bridget's Sexiest Beaches and I came home in December and it was um they were doing Dasha's a party for Dasha at like oh, the old yeah. barfly and was that the one where she took her underwear off on the red carpet? I think so, but I wasn't on the, I like kind of, I came later and everybody was inside already, but I think uh-huh. it was, I think it was that party. And, um, I came with, uh, I brought Joyce Benali, the makeup artist, and mm-hmm. I brought my friend Leticia and, um, we went to the party and we went in the back to where Hef was sitting and, um, he was like so happy to see me and everything. And he, and he did tell the twins to scoot down. Uh-huh. So that I could sit next to him. And it was actually the very first night I ever met Crystal, too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a club and it's kind of loud and stuff. But she said, oh, hi, I'm Crystal. And I said, oh, hi, nice to meet you. And then she pointed to the watch on my wrist and she said, I want that watch. <laughs> that was the yeah, first I thing bet, she ever she said did. to me. I, that's exactly what I said. <laughs> I said, um, like, I was totally shocked. And then I said, uh... I'm sure you do. Like what? <laughs> like what? And then, um, and then, so I sit down next to Hef and my friends kind of sit down. There's like a huge group of girls, like typical, you know, uh-huh. but I didn't, I didn't know most of them. I only knew a few of them and, um, Joyce and Leticia sat down and stuff. And then Hef points to security after a few minutes go by, Hef points to security and tells security to tell them to leave my friends. And did so- he know they were with you or did he think they like snuck in? Well, I thought he knew they were with me, but then I was like, when he's telling them to leave, I thought, well, maybe he doesn't know. So Mm -hmm. when he's kicking them out of our group, I said, oh, okay. So I got up and I said, okay, well, bye. And he goes, no, not you, just them. 
And I go, I know, but I'm, they're here with me. And he goes, he goes, well, you can stay. And I'm like, no, I know I get that, but these are my friends. And if you're going to kick them out of your area, then I'm going to go with them. And he was like, so mad at me that I was going to leave. And I'm like, that is just bizarre out. Yeah, that is so weird. And then I was thinking about other things too. And like I went over, like I was uh, obviously not living there anymore, but I was invited to like two Christmas parties in Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. And I went with my friend Lorene and we went to the first one. And then we kind of like darted out early because it was really boring. But So we had a big span of time in between that and the next one. And so I called the mansion to ask Hef if we could, she'd never been to the mansion before or anything uh-huh. to see if we could just hang out for a little bit in between the parties. And um, they were like, oh, he's in the movie, but like, well, I'll put a note to him and let you know. So they passed him a note and he said yes. And so uh, Lauren and I were at the mansion and they were in the movie. And a few minutes later, they got out of the movie and um, Hef and Keith both came over and they were like just so excited to see us and like hugs and kisses and happy to meet Lauren and everything. And so I thought I, I was just I was just thinking about these things like after the fact, like after I was talking about it. And these were just like thought things that I remembered happening and like he invited Nick and I to the jazz festival with him yeah. and Crystal and the twins and 4th of July and midsummer's parties. And he t- always would tell me that I'm always, always welcome at the mansion no matter what. So anyway, I was just thinking that because I was pointing it out last time that I always thought that it would be like that and it wasn't, but it was actually for a while. Yeah. And I find that relatable too. Cause for me, it was like that a little bit too. Like I wasn't ever trying to go up there really in the crystal era, but there was that point in time where she pulled that whole runaway bride thing. And then he was dating a girl named Shara. And this was during a time where I was working in Vegas, but I would fly into LA like once a week because we were doing Holly's World and I would fly in to like see the edits or do meetings or whatever I needed to do in LA. And I tried to make friends with Shara at that point. So sometimes we would go do things or I would show up like if it was a Wednesday night card night, I'd show up and like have dinner in the dining room with the other playmates and stuff. And it was always very welcoming at that point. Yeah. But that was just like a small window of time. Yeah. The whole thing is just interesting and strange. Well, I just thought I'd have to, I needed to point it out because I felt like I, you know, I made a point about saying that, but then afterwards Mm -hmm. I was sort of thinking about it and being like, wait, what am I? It was like that though for a little while. Yeah, you know? for a little while. Then we got erased. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we could get into this episode. There's just some things that I have been thinking about ever since that last episode. That yeah. last episode brought up a lot of a lot of stuff. Before we jump in our hot tub time machine, I wanted to ask you, what was your experience with going to San Diego before we went this time? Like, I know we had been before because we went to SeaWorld with Hef back in the Mean Girls era, which that was my first trip to San Diego. And we took the same little train caboose that we take in this episode. Had you spent much time in San Diego before this trip? Not a ton, but I'd been a couple of times. There's a big trade show that happens there every year um, for the swim industry. Mm-hmm. And my ex had had like a, a like swimwear store, swimwear, skateboards, snowboards, all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. So we would go every year to San Diego. And he had gone to college there, so they knew it really well and stuff. So yeah. I'd been probably... I don't know, maybe three times and like done the gas lamp and like, you know, Mm -hmm. stayed there a few times, but mostly I was in the convention center. So it's, I don't feel like I was really knowledgeable about San Diego at all, but I did know some of the stuff. Like I'd been to the gas lamp and, Mm -hmm. and, and the old town and, and stuff like that. 
yeah, this was only my second trip. And the first time was just SeaWorld. Like that, I think that's all we did when we went to SeaWorld. Yeah, I think so too. So let's jump in our time machine. Let's go back. The episode we're talking about today is called San Diego or Busts. It's our second hometown episode. It's Kendra's hometown. It first aired on August 20th of 2006. The number one song was London Bridge by Fergie still. I think that was last week too. And then the number one dance track was Stars Are Blind by Paris Hilton. That's another one that brings me back right to that era. (laughs) That's so funny. The number one movie was Talladega Nights still. The number two was still World Trade Center. And the number three movie was a movie called Barnyard. Do you remember that? I don't think so. Yeah, it was like an animated movie. It wasn't a Disney movie. I've never seen it. But for those of you that remember, it was Barnyard. So Uh. we've touched base a little bit about this episode before today. And I'll let you get into this more because you noticed it. But you think this might be our most carefully crafted episode so far? I think so. Yeah, as far as like being heavily produced and Mm -hmm. like they had an agenda, the producers, I yeah. I think and setting so. stuff up ahead of time. and I, I think so. It seems yeah. that way. So sometimes I would say that doing reality TV almost feels like you're doing an improvisational sitcom. Would you agree? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. And especially ones that are really set up kind of felt like that. Definitely. Yeah. So this one starts out at your vanity. They show outside of the mansion for a split second and it just feels, you can tell it's early. Right. You just get that feel. It is like, and they probably have the rooster crowing. I didn't put that in my notes. <laughs> but um, it starts out in your vanity and you call down to the butlers and you ask JD for a San Diego. And he is like, oh, what the a hell what is a San fuck? Diego? <laughs> and the first thing, the first thing, you know how everybody hates their own voice when they listen to it back? Yes. I mean, I've gotten a little bit used to mine from yeah. like editing the podcast or whatever, but good God, my voice is fucking high pitched in this. And I'm just like, it's fingernails on a blackboard to me. I'm like, could I not? <laughs> and I'm wearing a pink Lily Pulitzer. I think it's really a bathing suit cover up, but I'm wearing it as a dress. And I still love that outfit. It's one of my favorites that I've wore. And in commentary, I said, I like that dress, even though it makes me look like a maternity victim. I didn't know that it was um, Lily Pulitzer. I thought it was juicy. No, it looks juicy-esque though, doesn't it? It does because it's like the terry cloth and the hot yeah. pink. And- so I called down to the butler and I asked him, make her a San Diego, which is an ego waffle with like a mix of cinnamon and sugar on it. And they did it the way that would make it taste good, which they put like a little bit of cinnamon and sugar on it. But I'd kind of pictured like a ton of cinnamon and sugar. So it looked like a sand dune over the yeah, ego. Yeah, like a mound. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he takes takes it into Kendra's room and Kendra's actually in a really good mood in this episode. Yeah, I think so too. Like she thinks the San Diego is funny. She's laughing about it. She knew right where it came from. And then I forgot that her dog Rascal gets the waffle. I forgot too. I totally forgot. And you know what grosses me out She totally guessed that it was your idea too. She's like, Holly put you up to this, didn't she? (laughs) I know. And then, you know, what grosses me out though is when it shows Rascal eating the waffle, they add these like licking sounds. All I could think about too is he's like dragging it all over her bed and like licking it and stuff. And I'm thinking the sticky, icky, sugary, like mess on her bed. 
Yeah. And for the licking sound, I wonder, like, did the editors get like a stock sound that was licking or was somebody in the studio like basically licking a mic? I hope it was stock sound because I'm grossed at the thought of somebody like licking at a mic. So gross. I also noticed, though, that the schedule is taped to Kendra's door, proof that she knows what time we have to be places. I know. We all got those schedules every week. So it's proof that it wasn't my responsibility. Yeah. Yep. But this next scene, it starts out in the circle of the mansion. The limo is parked in front, indicating that we're ready to go somewhere. And they play like this hokey, like hip hop music. So you know we're going to Kendra's room. Yeah. <laughs> in an interview, Kendra says, Today I'm bringing Hef and the girls down to San Diego. And in commentary, Kendra says she was really nervous about this because she said it's so hard to please Hef. It's the little things that he likes the most, like the home video it was the smallest thing and he liked that the best out of everything so we'll we'll get to that oh (laughs) gag me with a motherfucking spoon we're gonna get to that home video and then he goes to her room to kind of like collect her and bring her downstairs and she's wearing this cute like retro chargers shirt she goes look half look this retro shirt it's from the 70s and he goes before you were born. Ugh. And I just got to say gag. Like, obviously it is, but just based on what's coming up later, I'm gagging. Because, like, he has to point that out and get such a chuckle out of it that his girlfriend wasn't even born when he was in his 50s. And you know what, too? Um, The fact that Hef is knocking on her door and coming to collect her means that she's running late. <laughs> yeah, totally. And then in her interview, she says, there's no way I can bring Hef back to my childhood, but bringing him back to my hometown, bringing him back to San Diego is as close as I can get. And I'm like, of course, I'm reading too much into this because I know what's coming later. But I'm like, wait, why does Hef need to go back to her childhood? I know. I feel like at the time, I didn't think anything of it. But now, uh, looking back on it and stuff, it does seem cringy. Like, Hef doesn't need to be involved in your childhood at all. Yeah, especially since we're older now and seeing it from a perspective of being older, it's like, well, he was way older, so he should have seen it. And it was just, it's a lot. (laughs) Yeah. And then the other thing I thought, too, is maybe she didn't mean it quite that way. Maybe she meant like what? Yeah, I don't think she meant it. I think it's fully some fed line. Like when she's in the interview chair and they're like, so, Kendra, can you just say that you can't bring Hef back to your childhood, but bringing him back to San Diego is as close as you can get? Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah, I don't think it was like meant by her to be anything. No, not at all. It was totally fed to her, but it's just like the perviness of the whole creation of this. Like, I remember one of the first things I was asked in one of my sit down interviews was one of the producers asked, so would you say Kendra is growing up at the mansion? And I was like, I'm absolutely not going to say that. No. I mean, there were a couple reasons I didn't want to say that, but one was I thought it sounded so pedo. It does. And it's, it's one of those things where they're trying to lead us a certain way. And I feel like all of us were growing up at the mansion in in one way. Yeah, in a way, for sure. So like, I feel like that was one of those things that I could have very easily fallen for and been like, Oh, yeah, I could say that. But then like, you're looking back on it. And you're like, wait, that doesn't sound right. Like, that's not that's not what I want to say. (laughs) And then it showed us shows us heading out to the limo and departing. 
And I know this is so silly, but like there was the limo was parked out front, but it's not the actual limo that we take. Like little things oh. like that are so silly. Like they show at the very beginning mm-hmm. that the um, Hef's personal limo is parked in the front um, in the circle as if we're getting ready to take that. But we actually get into a bigger limo because we have film crew and all that stuff with us. Oh, yeah. Good point. And I just it's think our it, own it's, little stock footage. <laughs> yeah, it's just little stuff like that that I'm like, wait, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> I think it's really funny and effective when they cut down to Kendra's mom getting the house ready in San Diego. The first thing you see is the Stanley steamer van. Yeah. It's such a good gag. Well, before that, Kendra says, my mom is so nervous. She's like having a heart attack. And Hef laughs and says, oh, you're kidding. And then the limo pulls away. And then it cuts to Patty with Stanley Stanley steamer. Steamer. (laughs) But I mean, I feel like... um, anybody would be so nervous to have Hef coming to their home. Yeah, I think so too. And just a whole film crew. Like Patty probably never thought from the day she bought that apartment that a whole film crew was coming to her house. You know Ever. what I mean? Or yeah. And then she's talking about how she bought all new furniture and all new patio furniture just for this occasion. And I was curious, do you think that's true? And do you think the show paid for it? Oh, it's definitely true because they talked about it and Kendra talks about it in commentary. They talk about it on the episode. And I remember it even being brought up a few times after that kind of like in passing and, and in joking, like I had to buy all new furniture, but not like I'm joking about it, but like, yeah. that's so crazy that I bought all new furniture when you guys came. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an interesting thought whether the show paid for it or not. Um, honestly have no idea, but that makes me start thinking now, like, did they, did they pay for new furniture? Did they pay for Stanley steamer to come? I don't know. Well, when you talk more later in this episode about how there's certain things you think were really set up or planned in advance, that kind of makes me think that was part of it. Like, Maybe Kevin, like, helping them out a little bit. Yeah, because it's possible Patty was like, I don't want them coming here. My furniture's 15 years old or how I don't even know mm-hmm. how old it would have been. But, you know, like, and Kevin said, well, why don't I get you? It's totally something Kevin would have done. Yeah, and maybe I'm just coming from, like, supply chain issue post-quarantine mindset. But it takes a minute to get new furniture, too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's not something on where you, you just it. do overnight, really. Right. The duster that Kendra's grandma is using, one of those like, not a feather duster, but those synthetic like multicolored ones. It reminds me of the San Diego chicken. It's like his colors. Yeah. She says she has her 80-year-old mother uh, over dusting and cleaning. She said that she's been preparing for the visit for three weeks. And then Colin, uh, which is Kendra's brother, is doing some some stuff around the house. And then Kendra in an interview says her brother Colin still is at home with her mom. And he has he's just a little snot is what she says about him. <laughs> and then she says, my brother takes after me. I remember my mom used to yell at me and tell me to clean my room and stuff. And it happens with him too. I think that happens with everybody. <laughs> and then she's looking around and she says there were rappers. And then she, this is the girl says, she dips her finger into something I don't even I mean it looks like a pile of poop I know it's not it's probably melted yeah. chocolate but it looks so disgusting no and I, get I thought all the feels me too it's one of those things you watch and it's just visceral and it's like uh because we've all come across shit like that when we're cleaning or something and it's like the most 
foul, like makes you want to gag kind of experience. Ew, especially like when it's not yours and you don't know what it is or how it got there. Like that's <laughs> extra yuck. It really is. Agree. <laughs> So before we get into us going down on the Scottish thistle, do you have any thoughts on how this hometown visit kind of differs from the last one? And overall, the three hometown visits were very different. Well, I think the obvious difference and something that we definitely should talk about is the fact that Hef didn't come to mind. Or yeah, yours. I think there's three reasons for that. Yeah. I mean, I think we touched on it a little bit when we did the Lodi episode, but I feel like it really kind of stands out now. Yeah, for sure. I think part of it is just A, San Diego's so much closer and have hated traveling. And B, he already had a preferred method of transport to San Diego. Like he loved that Scottish thistle railroad mm -hmm. caboose. Like we'd done that before for San Diego. He always had it loaded up with his favorite foods. Whereas if we were to go to Lodi, it would be a little bit like, do we do a motor home? Do we do a flight and a drive? You know what I mean? And yeah. he would go on motorhomes with us, but it was really only to like close things like the Hollywood Bowl, right? Yeah. Or like we went to Not Scary Farm in one. Yeah, I, think, I think all those are true. I think that the part of it was that it was season one and he was keeping himself distant from the show a little bit and that was girls could go and do it. That was what else I was going to say too. Another huge difference is season two. He really wants to be involved. Like I'm seeing that in all the episodes. I'm seeing things where I'm like, oh, Hef would never have done that in season one. Even if it's something simple as like in the heavy petting episode, I take him out to backyard to look at the peacocks again. Like that's such a simple, easy thing. But I honestly don't think he would have been bothered in season one. But by season two, he's in love with the show. Yeah. So I think that has a lot to do with it. He wants to be involved and he wants to do things. I think that you're absolutely right. Like just logistically, it would have been a little bit harder to go to Lodi. Not so hard. I mean, it's just Northern California. So it would have been a flight to Sacramento probably, or mm -hmm. it, it, we could have even flown into Stockton because we probably would have done a small private jet. So they we weren't really just... paying for private jets in season one though. No, but if Hef really wanted well, we did to it go, to... yeah. we did it to I mean, Vegas we... and stuff. Yeah, and we did it to like New York and Chicago, but I think Playboy was paying for Hef's trips to New York and Chicago because those were for the anniversaries. Yeah, but... I didn't want him to go on my hometown visit. <laughs> well, honestly, for my hometown, I didn't even think it was on the table. Like, I don't even yeah. think I tried or like, you know... Thought of it. Yeah, was even thinking that he would even go. But then when he goes to Kendra's, then it starts to make you think like, oh, wait, he's going to go to the her hometown but he doesn't go to well at that point it was just he didn't go and he didn't go to my hometown I mean he definitely had no desire to go to mine like I remember when I pitched the Alaska idea he wrote a note to Kevin where he's like of all the places I've traveled in the world I've never wanted to go to Alaska and I told to Kevin I go he wasn't fucking invited like I have no desire ever like even when we were attached at the hip like I didn't want him coming to my hometown yeah <laughs> I mean oh. I think partway because I was kind of like embarrassed of the situation and didn't want to show the whole thing off to like people I knew but also like like he and I were just so attached to the hip the whole time. I felt like if he would have come to my hometown, then it would have been all about him, you know? Yeah. And it was no, so much more sure. fun just to take you girls. Yeah, definitely. Um, so aside from Hef not coming, I think another difference well, this is not this is not a difference in the hometown, but just in the way the episode was shaped. And again, I think part of it's because it's season one versus season two. But in mine, the cold open was like us going bowling and stuff. And it was kind of mm -hmm. a long cold open, like a big and a really cute scene. And I'm glad it's in there and stuff. 
But in this one, it's all about San Diego from start to finish, even the cold yeah. open. So I thought That's that was point. interesting, too, that there's more focus on that we're going to San Diego. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's just part of the episode. It is the episode. Yeah. And also, like, Kendra's family is really wrangled to play a part in this, whereas your family just kind of shows up. Yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm definitely want to talk about that too. I feel like they really focus on Kendra's background and like who she is growing up, like mm-hmm. her relationship with her mom, her grandma being there and stuff like that. And they do show my grandma and they do show my mom and stuff, but there's not really much focus on like how I was brought up or, you know, and we'll get into some of those difference when Kendra starts talking about it and stuff too. But I also was raised by my mom, but they don't talk about that, you know, until she met my stepdad and she was a single mom for a while with my brother and I, so there's similarities, but they're not brought up. Yeah. They definitely don't give it that depth or that emotion. Yeah. Not at all. And then Kendra's is very choreographed. As we're going to get mm-hmm. into, like, yeah. it's, um, like we were talking at the very beginning, it's very produced. And I feel like mine was not, I mean, I had a list of places I wanted us to go, but other mm-hmm. than that, there was no production involved in it. Whereas this, this hometown is very much produced. Yeah. Yours was super organic. And that's such a good observation you have about this episode. Cause it's something I never even really noticed or thought of, but I think you're so spot on and you'll get into the reasons why as we see them happen on screen. <laughs> yeah. And then I thought it was really interesting too, how kind of half this show is kind of the Patty show. Like they totally. really focus on what, yeah. like in my hometown, they didn't do anything about like what's going on in preparation for us being there. Like they're not showing my grandma cleaning the house and my family getting together or Michael David Winery's like setting out the grapes and getting ready for the stop or like anything. There's no, we're just there and doing things like we were talking more organically. But in this episode, things are definitely choreographed and planned out ahead of time. So there's a lot that went into this. Yeah, Um, for sure. And then I think uh, my last kind of point too is just that in interview Kendra in my in the Lodi episode Kendra's really talking about how boring she thinks Lodi will be and that still really hurts me to this day that I I just think that that's so kind of rude and and in contrast going to her hometown we're all very excited and looking forward to it it's interesting that you bring that up too because I was thinking for me this is kind of the theme of the episode because as we were getting ready to record this episode I'm always thinking ahead a little bit just so we don't overlap themes too much and as we've said before like our relationship with Kendra throughout the time we're filming the show kind of went up and down like for the most part we got along sometimes there were weird flare-ups and by the time we're all moving out we're super happy for each other and supportive of each other probably like never before but in season two as we've alluded to in a couple of the episodes coming up there are going to be some flare-ups there might be a little shit talking on my part we shall see so going into this one you know I touched base with you Bridget before the show and I said Said, you know, we really need to come at this episode from a place of kindness. Not that we wouldn't have wanted to anyway, because, you know, we're both watching this episode and like it was so much fun going down there and like Kendra's in a good mood. And I genuinely have these really positive feelings watching the episode. But the reason I reached out to you and touched base about that is we all know that like sometimes we say things 
and I don't just mean me and you, I mean anybody and everybody like you guys listening will probably relate to this. Sometimes you say things and you have a certain intent and you want something to get across and it doesn't get across. Like people will misinterpret it. Contrary to maybe some people's belief, we don't ever want to hammer too hard on any one person. So that was kind of the thought going into it. But then as I'm rewatching this episode, I'm putting myself back in the place where I was when we were filming this and I'm watching myself and I'm remembering how when we were filming this episode, I was trying so hard to cross my T's and dot my I's and be so positive toward Kendra and positive toward Patty and the effort Patty made. And I'm not, when I'm saying this, I'm not trying to like virtue signal to myself like I was doing anything great because everything I was doing was kind of just basic, nice stuff you should do. Like I wanted to bring a bottle of champagne for Patty and give her a little hostess gift. I wanted to be smiling on my interviews. I wanted to like, like, you know, I have the cameras on me. Let's make sure I never have a resting bitch face. Like I was just really being careful to cross my T's and dot my I's because I felt like from episode one, the show wanted to pit me and Kendra against each other and make it like a jealousy thing. And I'm like, okay, here we are. This is Kendra's day and I'm going to show up and I'm going to do my best. I'm going to smile and be positive. So I think it's just funny how that mirrors each other, how I felt that way in the moment when we're filming it. And even before I was reminded that I was doing that, when we're going into talk about this episode, I still want to do that. I still want to like cross my T's and dot my I's and let's be positive in this episode. Isn't that funny? It is interesting. And I was genuinely excited to go to San Diego. And I'm one of those people Me too. that I love other people's parents. Like I love family. Like I yeah. get along great usually with people's moms. And like I'm so excited to spend time with parents and things. And I mm -hmm. so I love that. And I love Mary, uh, Kendra's grandma. She was like yeah. amazing. And I thought she was just so much fun and had such a great go. I'm genuinely excited to spend the day with her family. I'm genuinely excited to go sightseeing or whatever we're going to go and do. And I think what you're going to see unfold in this next scene too, is that Kendra and I genuinely liked each other and genuinely had fun with each other. But it was just that every time somebody else was around, whether it was Destiny or Monica or whatever era she was in, that's who she wanted to hang out with. And then she didn't want anything to do with any of us. Yeah. But I feel like you can kind of get a glimpse here at some of the, you know what, as I say that, I have like a second thought that pops in my head. Too. Yeah. It's so, in, it, this is like, I don't even know how to explain this to people. So you'll either understand it or just think I'm crazy either way. But like, when it was just the three of us, I felt like Kendra and I had um, a good friendship and a pretty strong bond and had a lot of fun together and everything. But then there was also times where I was grateful for an extra person to break up some of the tension sometimes because I feel like maybe, and I can't blame it all on her, but it felt to me like depending on her mood, we were either going to get along great or she was going to be resentful to me that I'm the only one she had to hang out with. It was either one extreme or the other. That's interesting. Interesting. So this next scene, we are getting on the Scottish Thistle Caboose. It's such mm -hmm. a cool experience to this. And they put a Playboy bunny on like the, it looks like a spare tire, but I mean, obviously it doesn't need a tire. So I don't know what that yeah. is. But <laughs> it's like a button thing. And usually it says the Scottish Thistle and then it has a picture of a thistle on it. Yeah. And I feel like they don't even really show the whole Scottish Thistle. There's like two bedrooms and like mm -hmm. full bathrooms with showers. There's staff on board that like 
bring you your water or make you a drink or set out all the food and stuff. Like it's really, really nice. This seeing this again, it reminds me one of my bucket list travel items is I really want to do a trip on the Orient Express. Oh, wouldn't that be so cool? Nick and I have talked about that too. It looks so nice. Yeah. And so they show us taking pictures on the back of the caboose and you're holding the crystal, which is funny because that comes up later. It's level. I say in an interview that the train car we took to San Diego, the Scottish Thistle, is sort of like having our own very our very own private mansion. And what I should have said is on the rails, like because of course we already have our we do have a private mansion. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's so funny. Having one on the wheels. Can I just say about this interview with you? One, it's another Cinderella cosplay interview. And two, what's really cute is they have the King Kong hand prop behind you. Yeah. Did you notice that? Yes. The one that was used in your pictorial that was yes. photographed and then like made big. And Kendra blows the train whistle. I remember it scared the shit out of me. It scared the shit out of her too. It was so loud. Like it doesn't sound that loud on the show but like it like blew her eardrums out literally it was so loud and high-pitched so we're all standing out on the back patio and in an interview holly says the private train is really fun because you can stand on the back of the train and the wind blows in your face like crazy and it shows kendra hanging off the back patio thing with her mouth and the cheeks are blowing and then you come over and try it and it does this like weird cheek flapping thing in the wind yeah like it looks like somebody's skydiving or something i look like a blow-up doll when i do it though it does 100 percent that looked like skydiving. <laughs> yeah. Totally. I have a video of when I went skydiving and my cheeks are totally doing that. And Hef's like, look, they have him showing like a look like he's looking at us all weird, but I doubt that he was because I feel like he's used to our weirdness. <laughs> yeah, it was probably edited in. And then Kendra says she felt like she was going back to realness. Everybody there is so kicked back and just so real. And this is where I started thinking like, wait a second, this is get, this is where it starts to get like produced and weird, in my opinion. Um, Which is ironic because throughout the whole thing, she's talking about how real it is and down to earth and touch grass. And- and all this, but it might be our most produced episode yet. Ironically, doesn't mean people in San Diego aren't real, but it's just like a funny juxtaposition there. No, it has nothing to do with people in San Diego being real or not real, but she's talking about how real it is and how real going back to San Diego is for her and all that kind of thing. But then it shows, and Kendra's always talking about how she's the realist and everything, but at the same time, it cuts to Patty faking everything for the visit yes. talking about her new furniture getting the carpets cleaned showing that she's putting food out and she's like well i'm just gonna pretend i made this and then she's like putting the, oh he'll think i'm a chef here hide all the containers so they don't know i bought it at the store like being and i'm not saying this is bad like i would buy food too uh-huh. i wouldn't be sitting there frying up chicken in my kitchen but like it's it, they literally cut to patty like doing faking all the food and the hosting thing. Yeah, that's so funny. And that KFC looks so good right now. I used to do something kind of parallel. Like when I first moved to Vegas, I would do like Friendsgivings at my house and I would get the KFC mashed potatoes and I'd dump them in my Versace serving bowls and just put it out. You know what's funny is after Patty says domestic goddess about herself, they cut to Kendra's grandma's with a look on her face that's so <laughs> funny and I don't think she was really giving her a look I think it was just like a normal look on her face but I always like to point out when they do the resting bitch face trick on other people because they do it to me so much I like to remind everybody they can do it to anybody if they want to (laughs) totally totally but it is funny sometimes oh no I think it's totally funny I just like to bitch and moan because I feel like for me it happens so much that people are like damn ho 
So the next scene is cut to Kendra's mom's apartment again. Patty's pulling out the KFC and putting it on foil. The and food then- just looks so good. The coleslaw, the hard-boiled eggs. Like, I got legit hungry watching this. Cheese and then in the comments. Yeah, in the commentary, we talk about Philly cheesesteaks, and you talk about a penitentiary you want to go to in Pennsylvania or Philadelphia. Did you ever go? What one is it? Yes, it was Eastern State Penitentiary. Oh, is that the one with with the creeper? No, that's Waverly. That's in Kentucky. Tell people what the creeper is for people that don't know because it's the scariest thing I've ever heard of. Okay, you guys, it's at Waverly Hills Sanatorium, and there is this thing, the creeper or the crawler, and it's a, like, shadowy figure that, like, crawls towards you, and it'll crawl on the ceiling or crawl, like, on the floor, and I guess it's, like, fast, too. It'll come crawling really fast at you, and so many people have reported it on my Paranormal podcast. Like, every time I'd interview people, I'd always ask about it because I would say – Seven out of ten have seen it. I picture it being shaped like Jake the Alligator Man. Have you ever heard of Jake the Alligator Man? No. It's a Pacific Northwest thing. There's some like Ripley's Believe It or Not up there. And they have this like – it's like something somebody made. It looks like a mummified, half-human, half-alligator, kind of like merman thing. But it's so famous in the Pacific Northwest that like growing up, I would see bumper stickers of it everywhere. It's wow. a thing. No, I didn't know about it. But yeah, this is like a – it reminds me too when we went uh, – remember when we uh, went like to Big Bear one weekend and we stayed in that fun-themed cabin yeah. and stuff? And then we drove home and we were like going – like we just went like to different places. Like I looked up all these like scary or haunted houses, like real legit uh-huh. haunted houses, and we would just drive by. Like we didn't stop at any of them. And there was that amazing, beautiful, huge Victorian, and it said that there's a guy – um, and like an old man who like crawls in his pajamas as a ghost. And I was like, that's, that's terrifying. So scary. <laughs> and when I picture an old man in pajamas, I only picture Hef's blue flannel pajamas. Oh, do you see? I picture like um, Ebenezer like, Scrooge. Kind of. Yeah. Like striped <laughs> pajamas, yeah. like blue and white striped with like the matching um, hat. And then they um, start setting the table. Mary's trying to teach her how to fold the napkin. Something like weird happened here. The napkins and like the flower, it all matches her shirt, what she's wearing. Oh my God, I didn't even notice that. Like for a second, I was like, is that the same material? Because it has these lilies and her shirt has the same lilies. And then there's like this little flower pattern and there's a little flower pattern. I'm like, wait, did these match? And like I paused it for a second and I can't tell identical, but it looks like it matches. And another thing I was thinking here, I was thinking that Patty and Kendra are good at making drama when there's like no drama because she makes such a big deal about the missing napkin she said, I have three napkins and five napkin rings. And she's like, what are we going to do? And Mary says, well, I guess you just put a paper one in one of them. And, and Patty's like, oh, my God. She says, that's ghetto. And <laughs> I, I just feel like it's not that big of a deal. But they really mm-hmm. make it like kind of a drama here. Yeah, they're good at that like slapsticky kind of stuff, you know? Yeah, like slapstick drama. Not like real drama. Not like, yeah. oh, my God, they can't come over. But like, yeah, making it like a big deal. When it's not a big deal. Speaking of wind whipping my face when we're out on the back of the (laughs) Scottish thistle, 
I'm so thankful for one skin right now because it's getting so dry out in Vegas. And when it gets dry in like late fall and cold in Vegas, all of a sudden I notice like my hands and feet are dry. The skin on my face is dry. But this year, since I've been using one skin, my face is just fully hydrated. Support for today's episode comes from One Skin. You guys, if you've been on the hunt to find a skincare product that can actually deliver what they promise, One Skin has what you've been searching for thanks to their disruptive approach that targets skin aging at the source. Yeah, their products are powered by a groundbreaking peptide, OS1, which is the first ingredient scientifically proven to prevent the accumulation of aged, senescent cells, the primary culprit behind skin skin aging. The real magic, OS1 has actually been proven in the lab to actually reduce the biological age of skin by several years, meaning it not only prevents, but slows down skin aging and it leaves you with healthier, more hydrated and glowing skin. I'm loving it. Oh yeah. I love it too. I use the eye cream and the face cream. Me too. It's so good. For a limited time, our listeners can enjoy an exclusive 15% off OneSkin products using the code NEXTLEVEL when you check out at oneskin.co. The holidays are here and it's the perfect opportunity to invest in your skin health routine and give your skin something to be truly thankful for. Yeah, I just love how hydrated it keeps me. It's like a game changer. Yeah, after I put it on, my, my skin feels, like you said, hydrated, but like plump. You know what I mean? Like that. Yes. Like, I love that feeling too. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. One Skin addresses skin health at the molecular level, targeting the root causes of aging so skin feels and appears younger. It's time to get started with your new face, eye, and body routine at a discounted rate today. Get 15% off with the code NEXTLEVEL at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code NEXTLEVEL. Now is the best time to invest in your skin age healthy with one skin and patty says that she's very nervous about what hef and the girls are going to think about her house and i think it's sad that she was worried about her like what we would think about her house and i hope that's not the reason that she got new furniture and stuff yeah i feel like you and i I both come from very um modest backgrounds and would never be like judging her or her house or you know do you think she thought we would judge or do you think she was more just scared of Hef and just like the fact that it was going to be on TV? Could be all of that. But I'm just saying I hope yeah. she didn't think it was us, you know? Oh, yeah. I hope so too. Because she, she just said she's nervous about what Hef and the girls are going to think about her house. In commentary, Kendra says, ew, this episode, they show baby pictures of me. And then you say, if they showed baby pictures of me, you wouldn't even recognize me. Well, you know what? I always felt like that's why, like in the first three episodes of this whole series, you know, you and Kendra kind of get like a lot of backstory in your episodes, but there's zero on me. You just know I grew up in Alaska. That's it. And I always felt that Kevin like didn't want to show my pictures because I had brown hair. You know what I mean? Like I didn't really look that different. I mean, they do show pictures when we go back to Alaska, but that's because we're four seasons in. Like, I don't really look that different. Like, the only surgeries I'd had were boobs and nose. And obviously, little kids don't have boobs. And like, my nose, you can't tell the difference because every little kid has like a tiny button nose. So it's not that I had like any reason to look different other than my hair color. But I think because I had brown hair, I don't know. I think Kevin didn't want to show it because he didn't think like I looked the same or something. 
Because I feel so like weird. you and Kendra look very much like your baby pictures and me not so much because the coloring is so different. I think Kendra – well, I don't know if I saw baby, baby pictures. Maybe we did. I just don't remember. But like her kid pictures, she looks exactly the same. Exactly mm-hmm. the same. Just like yeah. a little more makeup on or something. And then I w- in commentary, I was talking about how in uh, some of my baby pictures, I look like a boy. <laughs> what? Like, I've never no, seen you those. did it. <laughs> That's so funny. And you said I look like Reese Witherspoon in my kid pictures. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I still think that. Then the next scene, an interview, I say, this train is so much fun. I love going out on the back platform and waving at everyone and hanging out in the wind. And it shows Kendra and I doing that. And this is where I'm talking about, like, we're having fun together. We're hanging out together. I know she doesn't have a choice, so sorry. Yeah. But but I really, you know, felt like we did have moments like that where we we enjoyed each other's company and we liked hanging out. And like I said, I was really excited to be going to San Diego. I was excited to be doing this with her. And then Kendra was talking about how a freight train went by and she says, I wish those were windows and not just cars so we could flash them. Then there's a railroad worker in a truck driving on the rails, which those I'd never seen those before a truck that drives on the rails. Me too. I still think it's weird. Like, what is it for maintenance in particular? I think it's maintenance. Yeah. But I'd never seen anything like that before. And I was like, wow. Yeah. I think I still think it's funny looking at it now. And then in the interview, Kendra says she had to spice up their day a little bit. And she starts pulling up her shirt and screaming as we go by all the railroad workers and flashing them. Is this when flashing kind of became Kendra's thing? Didn't she already do it in an episode? Probably. Like, definitely like the jazz festival episode. And nothing wrong with flashing. Like, there's episodes where I flash too. But I feel like this really became Kendra's thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then we say in commentary that like at GlamourCon, we ran into a girl who was like, I know the guy that you were flashing on the San Diego train. How weird is that? Like, that how is, is random. That? I know. Hef says they're going to arrest us when we get to San Diego for the girl that was blowing the whistle. And I say, no, they're going to arrest us because she's for indecent exposure because she's flashing everyone out there. Yeah. And then, okay, then we go past another set of workers and they must have been like radioing to each other that like we were doing that on the back of the uh-huh. train because these guys were like ready and they had their camera phone. Like it was like a flip phone. But, yeah. Like, they, ha- they were like, trying to take a picture i think it was their camera flip phone it was either that or like a little like digital camera i can't tell but it's like you know little but they were either way they were prepared to take a picture that's so funny it was the talk of the railroad tracks that day (laughs) i think it was and then that truck with the light on it it i totally thought it was chasing after us a hundred percent like i was like getting nervous i'm like oh shit i thought that too at the time I'm like, we're in trouble. Like, we're in yeah. trouble. Like, he's coming to, like, pull. And then the train really did start slowing down. And I was like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. We got to oh, go no. back and, and even Kendra says, oh, uh-oh, I'm in trouble. And then Hef says, we're slowing down. And the police are coming on board. And they're looking for the mad flasher. And I think Hef was just joking and not paying any attention. But I was legit going, no, fuck. I think that's what's happening, though. I think. No, I think I remember thinking that at the time, too. Totally. I was really nervous for a second. But also, I do want to say here that I think part of the reason that, so this is, for those that don't know, this trip to San Diego is 
is it takes hours to get there still even yeah. though we're on the train and I w- when I was rewatching this too I think part of the reason Kendra's out there on the balcony like the whole time too mm-hmm. is so the cameras are on her probably it's probably an echo of like going into the back of the bus with destiny yeah that's exactly what I was thinking and I'm not saying that this bad or whatever I mean it beats like sitting inside watching Hef read the newspaper yeah but I was like, why aren't we all like all inside doing something together? Uh, she's always like pulling away kind of. And mm-hmm. yeah, I'm hanging out with her and I'm doing it with her and stuff. But it kind of occurred to me here that it's it's so that the, there's only one camera crew on the train with yeah. us. It's so the camera crew is on her. Yeah. And I don't think that she would have stayed out there like if the camera crew wasn't there. Like I think she would have been sitting inside hanging out. I don't think if the camera crew was was if the camera crew was not there, I don't think that she would be out on the balcony the whole time and flashing and all that stuff. No, I think you're right because it kind of gets exhausting to stand out there and have like the wind whipping your face that much and you're standing for like 2 hours. Like I got bored with it. Like I thought it was fun for a second standing out there like yeah. waving at people and putting your face in the wind, but I got bored real fast. Like I went in and like started doing my French flashcards. Yeah. And that's another thing they do to me too is in this episode, I'm being so careful not to do resting bitch face. And I look out the window and then I know the camera's on me. So I do what I think is like a small smile before I like look at my flashcards, but it kind of plays off the way it's cut as like I'm pursing my lips. Like it looks like I'm, Hmm. you know what I mean? And they want it to look like I'm dogging Kendra for standing out on the back when I guarantee you that was never happening. Yeah, definitely not. And I feel like a lot of times too, when Kendra and I were legitimately like hanging out or having fun or whatever, that even then the camera, the producers, Kevin, whoever, the editors Uh would find a way to edit me out. So it looks like, remember her birthday? Like I'm there standing there and they just edit me right out of it. I'm going to go watch a movie with them. They don't even show me doing that. Like they purposely edit me out and it's just Kendra and Destiny or it's Kendra and Monica. Mm Mm-hmm. And I feel like in this this episode, they weren't able to do that. And they had to show Kendra and I actually, like, getting along and having fun together. Yeah. They were stuck with it. And so I feel like it's one of those, like, kind of rare times where you get to see that. And I know there'll be other times, too. But, you know, kind of like when she was sympathetic to me in the last episode and, like, gave me, like, a little shoulder rub and, like, said she felt bad or whatever and that people were picking on me and stuff. Like, here I am. I'm with her and we're hanging out in the back and we're excited for her San Diego trip and we're having fun together and stuff. And I feel like there there is a genuine friendship there. I know she says later on she was never friends with any of us, but I just feel like these scenes show that that's not true. Yeah, and it made me think it's kind of interesting how I feel like the show always tried to make it like Kendra on one side and then you and I are kind of like her backup singers on the other side. But it's funny because I feel like they could have gone a different direction, but this would have been less pitting females against each other. They could have gone... Me and Hef are like kind of the old parents and then you and Kendra are like the funny mischief makers. Like they could have done that too, but they chose not to. Yeah, totally. Like that wouldn't have been any less authentic, I think, because oftentimes like Hef and I would be going to bed early and then you and Kendra would be off doing whatever, you know, but they didn't Uh, uh, choose. Most of the time, that's how it was. But they did not choose to portray it that way. 
honestly, that would have been more, more natural and more organic and the way more the way things were. I mean, not that our friendship is any less, but they pit, they made it so that it's like you and I, and yeah. then there's Kendra, which wasn't necessarily the case. It was you and Hef. And yeah, you and I were always close, but like you said, a lot of times you're you, you're always with Hef, and you have to go to bed early all the time. So it's me and Kendra then. So yeah. like it would have been more the way things actually were had they have shown it that way. Yeah, but for them, it's not pitting women against each other and it's not dramatic enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's unfortunate because I feel like these are, I feel like it's the show that's starting to cause these kind of rifts and making these kind of like animosity between us. Oh, I 100% agree. I fully, not that Kendra and I both haven't, contributed to this but I fully blame the fact that Kendra and I hate each other now on Kevin and just shit he would do in the spinoff years 100% like I say fake drama always turns into real drama so then we get into kind of like the background of Kendra's childhood right yeah so it kind of gets a little bit um it it kind of goes um I don't want to say sappy because I feel like that sounds like insincere. It gets very like yeah. sincere and kind of sweet right here. Like mm-hmm. uh, Kendra's out on the platform. She says, I can breathe when I go down to Sa- San Diego. So now I'm back home. And then Hef kind of goes out on the platform with her. And Kendra's telling him that this is the area that she used to serve. And then Kendra says, before the mansion, before having butlers, before driving in limos all the time, San Diego was definitely different. And they do like slow motion and kind of sad music. And they go to a, like a Patty interview. And she says, when Kendra was four and Colin was almost two, their father walked out and never turned back. So it was just me. And I wound up raising Kendra and Colin all on my own. And I just want to stop right there for a second because I know I mentioned it a little bit earlier and stuff, but um, this was always used as like anytime there was anything going on with Kendra, they would be like, well, she didn't have a dad growing up or, you know, she was just right. It was just her mom and stuff. But for a part of my life, that's all it was too. Like my dad also left at a very young age and it was just Mm -hmm. my mom that was raising my brother and I, and we didn't have any money and we were on welfare and my mom was working and my grandparents were trying to help take care of me. Very, very, very similar to what's happening with Kendra. Like all of those things are, I don't know if they were on welfare, but all of those same things everything else is saying with them. Yeah. That's really interesting how they only chose to portray that with her and not. Yeah. And anytime like Kendra would do something that like was acting up or something that like I was like upset about or whatever, Mary or whoever would be like, well, she didn't have a dad growing up or whatever. And I'm like, neither did I. And they would look at me go like, Like they don't believe you? (laughs) Well, I mean, I know my mom did eventually remarry, which obviously Mm -hmm. Patty doesn't remarry. And I do have a stepdad later on in life. But that doesn't mean that I didn't go through that same thing for a while, you know? Yeah. And it's a shame because I feel like it's genuinely when you're seeing this story of Kendra play out, it genuinely is touching and it is sad, but they should have done that for you too. Like it gives you like that whole heart and that whole feel and like where people are coming from and maybe why being at the mansion means as much as it does maybe. Right. 
Right. Yeah. So it's just one of those things where I'm like, it's not, I'm not trying to take away anything from her story or anything that, you know, yeah. that, that isn't a major feat because of course it is to be a single mom with two kids and, and working and everything. I mean, of course that's really hard and stuff, but I just feel like they only give that to Kendra and only give that to boost her character and they don't do it for me. Yeah, you're right. Because I feel like if I were just a viewer and I didn't know you personally, I would just assume that everything about your childhood was great, like typical all-American childhood, you right. know? Not, oh, she like was a, a would never kid know. from like kindergarten on. <laughs> yeah. So, And then when they're telling this whole story, they get into a little bit like Kendra and Patty's relationship. And it makes me – and she says something like – you know, she went through some tough times with me, but now I'm paying her back with respect. And it makes me wonder what happened between Kendra and Patty. And when I, I know that it's the rhetorical question, like neither of us are going to know. But when I say what happened between Kendra and Patty, I mean like more recently, because when we knew Kendra at the mansion, I really feel like she was really trying to do right by Patty. Like she facilitated the whole plastic surgery thing that Patty got. Like, I don't think she paid for it. I think the surgeon did it for free, like for promo, but still she facilitated that. And I remember she like sent Patty and her grandma like on a trip to Europe and shit so, like, what went wrong? Yeah. Well, I I thought that they had had a very um, tough relationship prior to this. Like, I think they had a lot of problems prior to her being mm -hmm. at the mansion. And then my understanding is once she was at the mansion that they were getting along better. And then I think that it, you know got bad again after. But I don't know. I don't know the details. I don't know what happened. I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. So then next scene is we're back at Kendra's mom's house. And she says, well, we are ready. I just have to change my shoes. And I wish Kendra would call. And Patty says, I'm going to call her again. And she picks up a landline, which I thought was, I mean, I know that was totally common back then. And I know we're on about the mm -hmm. mansion. But when, I, I, when I'm watching this, I'm totally expecting her to pick up a cell phone. And she goes over to the landline. Yeah. And I was like, wait, what? Oh, yeah. That was still landline days. <laughs> It's so weird to even think about landline days. Like I remember in junior high, like if you wanted to see your friends after school, you literally, like if we didn't have after, after school activities, like me and friends, we would walk around town. Like before you left your house, you'd maybe call that one friend. And if they weren't home, you were shit out of luck. But then like the friends you did get together with, you'd walk around town and like go to people's houses to see if they were home. It was so weird. Or we would just like walk around town and like see who we would see. Like maybe the older kids would be out cruising around or something. <laughs> It's just like you had no way of getting a hold of anybody. It was so weird. Yeah. I lived way out in the country, so there was no walking around to see if anybody was home. If they didn't answer the phone, that was, that was it. <laughs> and I think the funniest line of this episode is when they're t at Patty's house and Patty's talking about how nervous she is. And the grandma says that she's talking about being nervous too. And she says, my stomach is churning too, but... It's more from hunger because I haven't eaten anything. That's so funny. It's like, I usually have my lunch before now. We're eating a little bit later than I would yeah. like. And then the next scene, the train finally stops. Kendra gets off and says, home sweet home. And then um, in interview, I say that there were some fans in San Diego, but I say it with like a smirk on my face because there was literally like two guys that were standing around. And I like how we're in a golf cart. They take us from a, the train to the golf cart to the actual like 
limo truck that we're going to be in. Yeah. And the limo truck thing was like almost like a sprinter van limo. And it focuses on me. I'm going to go, oh, cool. There's a bathroom. Yeah. There's a bathroom on it. And that's just typical. It's even today, like I've always been somebody who's constantly drinking something and I constantly have to pee. I'm one of those people who's always like, where's the nearest restroom? This is interesting, too, because I mean, and it's not even like a big deal, but I thought it was interesting because Kendra keeps talking about how it's so big and it's not going to fit in the complex. And she says it like kind of multiple times. And so I'm thinking, does it not fit in the complex? Because I didn't remember that it didn't fit in the complex, but I'm thinking we must be going somewhere with this that it's not going to fit in the complex, but we never do. And so I thought it was weird that the show kept leaving it in there. And I think they leave your bathroom comment in there because it kind of just shows how big this limo is that it has its own bathroom on it. Yeah, I think you're right. Should um, we wrap it up before we actually set foot in Kendra's childhood home? Yeah, but I just had one more thing to add. Uh-huh. Kendra says in an interview, it's funny because uh, I was thinking that this isn't going to fit in my complex. Are you kidding me? And Hef says, well, we'll just fit your complex into the bus or we'll fit your neighborhood onto the bus. And I thought that that was an interesting comment because remember when we used to drive through like residential neighborhoods, like on the way to like an award show or wherever we were going with Hef and he would be like, itty bitty houses for itty bitty people. Like, I really feel like that's kind of the way he looked at things. Like, we'll just scoop your whole neighborhood up and bring it back with us then. Yeah, totally. Like, he forgot the normal size of stuff. And it was like that when we went back to his childhood home, too. Like, I remember him and Keith looking at each other when we were standing in the kitchen, and they just were laughing and couldn't believe it. And they're like, it's so small. It shrunk. Yeah. <laughs> interesting but yeah yeah be sure and check out our patreon guys we're gonna be talking on there on thursday spilling some tea <laughs> I'm like, so we will see you guys next week bye guys bye